I'm Josh Swartz. And I'm William Millingworth. Host of the High Tech Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Amy Buckley is the chief academic officer and co-founder of StudyHelp, a tutoring platform. You can hear Amy talk about study help at stephenmaletto.com slash 449. That's episode 449. Amy has given me a few hundred dollar gift cards uh, for study help, you know, to give away. That is so cool. Just send me an email at my contact page, stephenmaletto.com slash contact. Simply say, I would like a hundred dollar gift card to study help. First come, first serve. This is a giveaway that is awesome. Good luck. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Scott Novus, the founder of Bravus, a company that is helping businesses increase retention by facilitating dynamic live and virtual video game events. What a cool thing. You're going to love this episode. We're talking about awesome gaming ways to build and connect your teams. So, so cool. And such awesome energy in this interview. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening. to By the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you would uh, go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and left a review. Could you do that for me, please? Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code. Capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. With us today is Scott Novus, the founder of Bravus, a company that is helping businesses increase retention by facilitating highly dynamic live and virtual video game events for their employees. After spending decades in the video game industry, even working with Disney for a time, Scott is an expert on all things gaming and the best way to harness their power for good. Scott, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Well, hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm glad to be here too. I, thanks. I'm glad to have you here. I'm honored to have you. You're, you're the founder of Game Truck, man. That's, this is cool. I've seen the trucks all over the, the, the trailers all over the place. And, and now I'm talking, my kids would be jealous right now. Okay. I got uh, my, my 20 year old you know, kids and they're in their twenties. That's who I'm talking about. All right. So it, it is an amazing thing to be involved in that. I still hear from kids today. that are like, mm-hmm. You're the founder of Game Truck. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, a little nerd celebrity. It is awesome. That's so cool. That's so, you know, so we're going to start talking about a whole bunch of stuff here in just a minute. But I got to ask you this. I mean, you have two engineering degrees, spent decades as a video game executive, and worked as a Disney executive. What'd you learn from those fields and experiences that helped you seek to start your own business? 
Well, you know, aside from the sort of invaluable business experience of running those things, um, what I saw being particularly, you know, running the game studio and being at Disney was this evolution that we had lost the safe social place to play together around video games. It used to be the arcade, right? And now, you, you know, movies still have theaters and music you can see at concert halls, but if video games are a, a viable form of entertainment, which we don't know, it's a gigantic industry, where do we enjoy them together? Where do we play together? And that was the genesis of the idea that started to launch Game Truck was what I felt the best games were happening on the console space, at least the social ones. And I thought, what I need is somehow I got to have a living room on wheels, right? That dream living room full of all the things, because we, when we made games in the studios, we played them and I had everything, everything you can imagine was at my fingertips. And the best experiences we had is when the developers and the, the art, we'd sit down and play the game we were making together. We critique it, we discuss it. And you knew you were ready to ship a great game when we lost track of time because we were too busy playing and kids couldn't have that experience. They just couldn't have the same experience we were having. And I thought, man, we got to find a way to do something about that. And that ultimately became game truck. That's so cool because, you know, and, and by the way, you just, your comments just made me think of all kinds of stuff because we had, you know, you talk about the arcade. Yeah, that was the place. I mean, you go down there to the arcade and I'm, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I graduated high school in 1981. So I'm, I'm right there with all those arcades <laughs> that, I mean, all that stuff's brand new. We got the stand up machines and we're playing out, uh, you know, Defender was one that I lost so many quarters in because I kept blowing up. Yeah. You, know, you push that hyperspace button too many times, you're going to be dying, man. And, you know, and asteroids and, uh, you know, all this, all this oh, stuff yeah. that, uh, that, you know, was just Gal Galaga, Dig oh, Dug, all those ones. Yes. Galaga was one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, man. And, you know, and, and just never knew what was coming out. And it was a big deal. And you go to those arcades and, uh, you know, that was a big deal too. And you, there was always somebody that everybody was gathered around because, man, they're like, how many credits have you earned on this thing? And they're just racking it up. I, I'll never forget the guy on Defender who eventually he just, he said, he looked at me, he goes, I got to go home. You want to take this over? I said, I'm going to end up costing you. He said, I don't care. He goes, I've already <laughs> set the record a bunch of times. And I, and I ended up dying so fast. It was ridiculous, but he had so many ships. It was amazing. And, you know, and that was a thing to gather around. That's what you, that's what you did. And even when you know, had the home systems, you, you gather around goofing around. I mean, there's, there's nothing like uh, if you ever played the, uh, I think it was an Atari one that was uh, supposed to be Indiana Jones. And he'd oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it'll, it'll come up like later in the interview. So I'll come back to it. But I want to point something out for your listeners that are confused about esports and kids watching people play video games. We get that because that's what we were doing in the arcade. That guy that was killing it was like, Oh my, look at him. I knew a guy who could play uh, Robotron on a single quarter for three hours. Oh my gosh. It was insane. That right. Insane, yes. So there was a, there was a, a social dynamic around video game play that I felt we had lost. And, you know, that was, uh, fortunately I got lucky. I was right. Um, that proved to be uh, something that is still in demand today is coming together to play the best games with your best friends. And, uh, you know, we throw 30,000 parties a year. I mean, we'll entertain millions of kids even wow. this year because people want to play together and it's okay for kids to do that. Um, I kind of started my latest company because for two reasons, one is we were watching these coaches spend time, the people that run the trailers and the incredible impact they had on the kids. I thought, 
maybe we need to spend more than two hours a year working with kids. And the other one is adults don't play enough. Like how can we make this more accessible um, for like that we stop playing so young just feels tragic in a way. Um, and so that's kind of what launched me into what I'm doing now was, hey, esports was, yeah, little kids do it. But you see, you look, the, all the pros are adults. It's, you know, teens and up. And um, certainly the market that we do uh, a lot of work in is the colleges and universities. Um, because they're all about creating student engagement. Like, how can we connect our students? Because engaged students graduate. It's a, it's a simple thing for them. That's very cool. That's awesome because you're exactly right. So let's use this real quick as a, as a chance because I want to get into some of these topics that you just mentioned. But before we do that, let share with us the model of Bravus. I mean, how, how, does it, uh, how, how does it work? What's it doing here? Well, what do you... Okay, so what it started as is if you think about Game Truck is the trailer and there's a party inside. And one of the things we learned is uh, kids love to go in forts, adults not so much. So we needed to be able to bring video games where the adults were. Um, and where we took a big turn is Bravest was founded on this idea of we want to create an event where you could make a friend. So we start from that premise. And then we want to use all of our skills to use the games and the experience to create that environment. And so the video games in some ways, how we delivered it was secondary to the mission, which is let's create an environment where people you know, develop friendships. And we started out by doing um, events and we did some things for kids and sadly parents aren't, they're still wrapping their heads around getting their kids involved in video game leagues. And that's just gonna be an ongoing thing, but what almost got pulled out of our hands was the college market because the parents weren't involved anymore. The kids got to choose. And they're like, we want to create an event that'll bring in, there's a huge section of college students that don't attend most social events. They're your STEM students, right? Your introverts. They'll go to a classroom with 200 people in it because they don't have to talk to anybody, but they will not go to a social event with 20 people because it's intimidating. But Gaming is how they connect with other people. So we would bring a gaming event on campus and they were hugely popular. Like we'd get hundreds of kids to show up and stay for four hours, just playing constantly. And then COVID hit like so many things, but this story is a little different is we can't get together anymore. We can't meet on campus. And somebody called us and said, could you do this virtually? And I looked at my team, like, can we do this virtually? And they said, that's easier than what we've been doing. So we basically evolved into a virtual production company. And so we bring professional commentary, a professional tournament organization, and professional production values to amateur events. We make it really fun to watch bad video gaming. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Because, gosh, too bad you weren't around when I was, uh, you know, trying to dominate you know, on asteroids because that was, you know, we, we'd uh, – my stepbrother and I, we'd, we'd get in there and we'd go to this pizza hut where it's a sit-down pizza, you know, where it had a sit-down right. asteroid game. And there was a jukebox over there. And my, and my uh, stepbrother loved uh, um, a couple songs by ACDC, and he would play those repeating over and over again. And uh, you, you were lucky if you ever got a turn because <laughs> he's going to run that table. Right. And, but you nailed it, right? It's about creating the environment that enhances the experience and – uh, we did this at Little League. So if you've ever had this experience yourself or with your kids where now you bring out the announcer 
you see these little kids stand up taller and the parents are prouder. Harry's like, yeah, and you're just saying their name, like now up to bat. Well, it turns out that same, like here's the thing about, especially the psychology of young people and teens. It's not enough to play. They have to display. They need to be seen playing. And so the commentary creates that atmosphere of recognition. Like personally, I'm not a fan of the type of gaming where people play anonymously in a computer matchup in isolation. We want to play in a social environment where there's recognition and connection. So like one of the ironies of a surprising results, it's not irony at all. When we do a college event, we'll get four to nine times as many viewers as participants. And they feel like they're participating. That's the magic of Twitch is that when we told this Gen Z, don't be consumers, I thought it meant stuff. For them, it's everything. They don't want to just watch some broadcast program. They want to participate in the co-creation of that programming. So you have this little chat bar in the live streamer. And so the audience is interacting with the commentator and the people that are playing. And it's, it's this crazy dynamic that feels like we felt in the arcade when we were standing around cheering on our friend, watching them. We're just able to bring in, you know, that sort of Al Michaels like voice of, wow, Steven really, you know, he really killed the asteroids there. Look at that. Wow. He cleared that level in record time. And, everybody gets into that sort of energy and it's that commonality in play space that is where we think the magic of making friends happens. That's cool. Cause that's uh, you know, it is a big part of it when you got people cheering you on or you got, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've chosen their hero, you know, or, or whatever, or their heroine. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's, and it's uh, one of those things where you're able to really demonstrate your ability to figure out the, whatever the figuring out thing is that uh, moves you through, um, the uh, that level to that next bit to you know to beat whatever it is you're beating that's that's so awesome i i got i got to ask you this do you, you ever read the book ready player one by the way we're not sponsored oh of course <laughs> yes you're right yeah exactly oh yeah absolutely and i and it it, it makes you know kind of what you're talking about is that it, it you know cuz they they all connected through this but they didn't even know who they were who each other were and what's cool about what you're talking about is that they they know who each other is and uh, to try and figure out that connection can you talk about that kind of thing that's kind of happened where people want to be, I mean, this, this remote world, we got to figure out how oh. to connect them to each other. No, I, I mean, absolutely. I could talk about it. And I think um, you nailed on something that is really important to us. And it's a very important distinction. A lot of times when we look at events that are um, perceived as significant, you know, like it's like, let's get a lot of people involved. Okay. So that might be a successful event, but what we're trying to do is something that's actually very different. It is what you talked about in Ready Player One is that they were connected. They had their friend group. We're putting our emphasis on private functions. Like the things we do are almost never open to the public. It's a group of people that are already affiliated that are like, I saw this quote and, and I loved it. It's not enough to belong. You have to do things together to give your belonging meaning. And that is where we see the connection coming from is those stories that people begin to tell because they did a thing together and they acted together. And that's what makes play and gaming so powerful is, and I don't mean gaming in the sense of gambling. I mean, video game where you're, you're participating and you're acting, you're literally creating new memories, shared memories that become stories you talk about later. And um, that is where, connection flows from, you know, when we co-created new memories 
um, that we can reflect on back together. We now have a shared history. And that is, you know, where we, where, how we see creating connection. That's so awesome because it, it is. I mean, when you, when you work together to solve something or you work together to overcome something or you work together to simply <laughs> make fun happen, you know, it's, it, it's, that is, you're exactly right. And connection comes from that, uh, learning about each other, you're, you know, the, 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 you know, the way you see the world or what you, you start learning what you like and don't like about each other too. And, and all that's so important because you start realizing who, I, I think you see the other person as somebody real as opposed to just you get mad at them because they, you know, whatever they did that made you mad. <laughs> as opposed to oh, for for sure. And for your leaders out there, there's one other factor that comes from this. If it's coordinated, so it's designed intentionally, so it's like a synchronized event, you're crafting a forged identity, right? Is that people are all contributing to this merged identity of we did this together. And especially that's why I, pulls back to team building. It's not enough to just make the friend. If you're trying to actually create the team is the team did this, the team participated in this, and it's something we all shared in. And so it becomes a touchstone that a leader can use to draw everybody back to our common experience or our common expressed values. And because it was action, people contributed to it. It's one of the unique things about gaming versus um, and I'm a lifelong learner, so I love education and I'm, you know, I commit the self-improvement, but there's an interesting dynamic that let's say, Steven, you were going to teach me something. I will craft my behavior to respond to what I think your expectations are as a teacher. And I'll bet many of your teachers know exactly what I'm talking about. Like they're just behaving that way because they think that's what I want to hear. Where in a game, you can only be yourself. And that is inherently vulnerable. And that vulnerability is the path, like Brene Brown called it, the path for connection to flow. And so when we do that, we become a little more open because we can only be ourselves in play. It gives us the opportunity to craft a mutual identity we share together, the me in the we. That's so cool. I mean, the me and the we is so important. I, you know, as a, as a, I talked about this with you before I, uh, before we started recording, as a former high school principal, I went to places that I marketed myself as a, as a change agent. So I went to places that needed changing. And one of the things I had to do was create an inner circle type leader team. That that's that part that they, they need to walk and talk the same. They need to be able to understand where we're going. And uh, in order to do that, they have to connect with each other. And so, you know, we do things like small-sided soccer and learn how to do that and and uh, and play that together. And that's it, I'm just glad I never had any workman's comp come out of this but the uh, you know because <laughs> it's like a little scary right. when you got some people out there running around but you know we, we shrink the size of the field down but we you know did other things like uh one of my uh um we, we build homecoming parade floats and you know do stuff like that but doing stuff together where it's play it involves you know doing stuff accomplishing together one of my all-time favorites was i had a friend who was a slot car rated uh, ranked slot car racer in the world and so he had a basement that was the most cool basement I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this gigantic slot car place. And we went there and he, he gave us trophies. And I, I'm pretty sure my team let me win, but I still got the trophy that day. So uh. <laughs> that is awesome. Now that is, that is fantastic. You know, one of the things, um, I, I love that story, right? Of, of the, the common shared experience of building or crafting or doing things together. And one of the reasons I'm a fan of video gaming, like why it's my tool for doing this is, inclusivity, the equity component. 
Um, particularly, like, we'll lean heavily on our Game Truck franchisees to help us with this when we're crafting an in-person experience because we can bring out, I call it, like, zero-friction gaming. We don't want there to be any barrier between you and the play. And when we're working with adults, we recognize they need permission to play. Like, look, I have one, we all have one, a professional veneer that we want to maintain. And it's a healthy thing, right? I want to project, I know what I'm doing, and I can do it, right? And uncertainty, like change stresses that because things can change in a way where I'm like, I'm not sure I know what to do. And even if I did, I'm not sure I can do it. And gaming strips all that away. Right. Who's going to take a video game seriously? So you could throw off that sort of um, Amy Edmondson called it impression management. Like you're sort of I got to worry about what you think of me. You get in a game. You're just going to be you. And, you know, we can bring people together. And here's the thing. There's a whole genre of games now that are cooperative. They're not competitive. And that is an amazing experience if you haven't had a chance to try one of those. Um, when. But the other factor of like why I work with, you know, I'm focused in Bravest is what happens when we can't get together. We're physically in different places We're my team's all over the country now. Like we couldn't it cost a fortune to get together and the time, the commitment, the energy, even if we wanted to spend the money, it's like three days for an hour versus for one hour at lunch, like trivially, hey, do what you ordinarily do. But this time now we're going to come together and we're going to play and we're going to do have experiences that are structured around creating that type of synchronized interaction that builds sense feelings of camaraderie and belonging. And, and we do it with have fun. You know, who doesn't want to have fun for an hour, you know, buy, get everybody a DoorDash, send them lunch, like a good old lunch and learn only this time play together. And, you know, that's where we've been trying to figure out like, what are uh, the best you know, tools and ways to bring people together that just can't be in the same space anymore, but can play. And and it doesn't matter. We've had four generations of people play together, whether it was Z, boomers, like, uh, you know, people of our generation. I see your gray hair. I got gray hair. Um, you know, that are like, yeah, I'll pick up a controller and play. So accessibility, I tell my team, my mom has to get in this game. So don't throw something at me. My mom can't play. And so, the whole idea is that what matters is that we're together playing, not what we play. It's that we play. That's so cool. I love that because it, it does matter. If you're trying to connect people who aren't connected, I mean, it, and in my situation, we weren't, you know, doing remote stuff. We were trying to connect and we're in the same room, but some of them were on a different planet, <laughs> how they think and how they thought. So in some ways they were, and I can only imagine, you know, some of the, the troubleshooting you have to do because if you're trying to do that remotely, they've got to do enough stuff together where they, I would think, so they start overseeing, you know, so they don't see, you know, because what's going to happen, they're going to start seeing who the real person is. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's going to tick you off. <laughs> sometimes, the, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, that was my golden wrench. I was supposed to have that and you took it because you scammed it out of me, you know, whatever. I don't, <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny when you say that because it's, the different personalities, because I have come to believe like that is the real strength in a team is a homogenous team is too easy to polarize. We really want diverse opinions and perspectives because it's it's tension that creates balance. Like right now, you and I, we're sitting in chairs. We're not actually balanced. We're in what's called equilibrium. If somebody snuck up behind you, they could probably either one of us toss us over. But if you're standing in an athletic position, 
you're balanced, right? Weight on the balls of your feet, ready to go. You're very hard to tip over. That requires effort and intentionality. And I feel teams are the same way. And we had a, a game, a Mario Kart game. I think most people have heard of Mario Kart. But there's two modes in Mario Kart. One of them is the race. Everybody gets the race, right? That's a classic linear, goal-driven, go-to-execution. The other mode in that is Balloon Battle. And that is a game all about chaos. You got that right. And <laughs> I've played that a lot. What is amazing, the people that win the races almost never win Balloon Battle. And the people in Balloon Battle, you're like, you're terrible at racing. And they'll clean your clock in Balloon Battle. And you're like, how are you doing this? They're like some weird sixth sense. They just see and process information differently. And you begin to realize... Wow, they're both valuable. And they both, like, I want both of those people on my team, right? Because then we're going to be able to cover more bases and have a better balance, and we won't get knocked off the center very easily. I love that analogy. That's awesome because that's, that's exactly, you know, what happens to a lot of teams is that if they aren't balanced, I mean, they, they, they get knocked out because they're, they don't connect. They don't, they, they're not working, to, they're not really working together. And, and they, they, they're too bothered by something that one of them said or something like this. And so they're easily thrown off of their, there is no balance there. And it's, Oh, I love that. Oh, nice. Well, it's one of those, you know, we hold the rope for each other, right? We hold each other up. And if we don't, if we haven't created the connections, there's nothing to grab. And I think that's the stressful situation we run into is particularly for, we were having this conversation earlier that a lot of uh, remote work today and a lot of teaching, right, is you walk into the classroom by yourself. Yeah, you got the classroom, but a lot of it feels solo. Even if you've got a team in a group, it's difficult, you know, to like there's not that much teamwork when you get down to doing the thing that you're there to do. And so we really have to be even more intentional about creating support and connection for those hard days when something is about to knock you off balance and something is about to send you sideways because if you feel people have your back and you've got that built up, it creates that support. And that's really, I think the key is like, how can we use play to create better mechanisms so we understand how to support each other? And it's not just intellectual, but it's also emotional at the heart. I love this. I, now I'm going to have to mention something else from pop culture. I, one of my favorite shows is big bang theory. And uh, you know, and it's uh it may be off off of the brand new shows, but you know, hey, you just start over watching it again. And I recently watched an episode where they're doing the paintball. Um, they're trying to go out there, and Sheldon is going to be in charge no matter what. And if you know, <laughs> and that's what you're making me think about right now is the whole uh, um, that whole concept. Because in theory, they were a team, <laughs> and uh, eventually, he ends up having um, how he he gets them to work for him as he sacrifices himself. He goes out there and gets shot all up and you know, they, they do a montage of all this stuff. And, uh, but it, you know, it, it, it's interesting because it's uh, what you're talking about, you know, trying to create a team and giving them a chance to play together. So they, they interact in a, in a fun way and see who they, each other, you know, what, what they do and how they interact with this. It's just, it's, this is powerful. I tell me how, tell me how this happens. I mean, how do, if I, like, if I'm, I'm me and I'm trying to make my team that's across this, the Southeast or something like this. And, and we're trying to, we, we bring you in to have Bravis uh, help us uh, create some sort of connection. How, how do we go about doing that? I mean, how do we start? What type of equipment we got to have? Well, we're, our goal is make it as easy as possible. So the first thing um, is you, 
the important thing you have to do is show up, right? So if you're already in remote work, so you've got a webcam and you've got a computer that could do a Zoom call and a microphone so people can hear you. Um, and so you, you must have an internet connection and you probably have a browser, you're good. So our goal is now what's zero friction gaming online? You cannot call your IT department, right? We understand that. No, I love those guys or my brethren. I have two engineering degrees and nobody wants to talk to them. Um, so you would call us, we really try to figure out what your goals and objectives are, the experience you want to have for your team, and then we would design, uh, an event. I'll give you an example of one we just did, uh, for, uh, a teacher's professional development day in Colorado, we had 120 teachers. We had three zoom rooms. And so there was a different activity in every room. And we did something nearly identical in New York for teacher development day. And so we'd have hosts set it up. So all you have to do is we're going to give you the material and say, here's what you tell your teams. Here's when they show up, give you the zoom link so that, you know, give you the material so you can communicate it effectively. And when they jump in, they're going to have about like 25 or 30 minutes to play a game together or do an activity. Maybe it's trivia, maybe it's Hawksball, maybe it's garlic phone and all these things run in a browser. So you don't have to install anything. It's fairly simple very simple controls and instruction. The dynamic and the energy comes from how you work together or how you're competing with each other or how you're collaborating. Like one of my favorites being Gardic Phone because it's like uh, the phone whisper game on steroids. It is hilarious, like how people communicate and when you see the messages, like, how did you get to that? And it's super fun. Um, but what happens at the end of that then is we'll bring everybody back together and recap. And very often we want to make sure to give you time because we also encourage people that you'll have ideas on either fun things you want to do, messages you want to share, key, critical communication. So we want to make sure you have time to be able to talk to your team as well and wrap it up. But an event usually runs like an hour to 90 minutes, like longer than that is uh, tends to be a little bit long. Um, like most of these fit really well in that 60 minute slot. And, you know, not that we don't do long events, but those tend to be for core gamers. Like when we're doing college and you're doing a Smash Brothers tournament, those can run two or three hours. And if you're doing Overwatch, yeah, we're going to be there all night. Um, but that's okay. And that's what you're getting. You're getting professional commentators who are used to doing these collegiate competitive environments, bringing in the big personality um, to make it fun. And it's just – I. I I was, we were doing it on our team. Like we had to do this to bind our team together. And I still remember screaming out loud when the commentator was like, Novus gets the goal. I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm pushing buttons. I didn't score a goal, but it feels like when somebody recognizes what you're doing and you're called out among your peers or coworkers, this is magic. So it's pretty simple. It's like you schedule it, let everybody know, log in, and we handle it from there. Where our goal is to make it is, just like a game truck, we want to make it as easy for mom as possible. Like our whole thing is this is a no hassle party, right? Kids are at your home and not in your house. I'm like, how do I do that for you at work? It, like send an email, let your team know, put it on the calendar. We'll handle all the rest of it. That's so cool. Man, you got me hyped right now. I want to, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out different ways we can uh, figure out how to do this here. We got, you know, it, just as a, so how does, how does it pricing? I mean, how do you, how do you do this? I mean, what do you, uh, it, 
It really depends on obviously staff's the big limiting factor, but you know the the easy way to think about it is for way less than it costs to fly one person to wherever you are, put them in a hotel, get them a rental car, and feed them. We can entertain your whole team for an hour. So that is you know that's our target is like you don't even have to bring in one person and you're going to be able to connect everybody. So we want it to be really efficient and cost effective. Love it. This is this is awesome, man. You get, we got to get you. We got to get you. Uh... Um, do you do uh, presentations to groups and stuff like this to talk about this? No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm currently developing, um, I'm, I'm working on becoming a public speaker. Um, and I've done a lot of talking in front of large, my own companies, right? Disney, you're presenting, you're doing, so I'm used to doing a lot of talking, but uh, recently um, I've been making more concerted effort. So yes, I have a couple of keynotes that I have built. One of them on team building, um, so there's, I do one for parents and families um, that given your audience, if anybody would love to know how to manage video games for their kids and get to stop the fight, I have a keynote called the three secrets the confident parents use to manage video games at home. Because I'll tell you, we stop video game time 3000 times every Saturday without a fight. I will teach you how to do this and I can help you deal with the, uh, the, the fears a lot of parents have around video gaming. And when it comes to teaming, um, there's a thing we do that is uh, called culture kitchen. And so culture kitchen is a keynote and there's a workshop that goes with it. If you want the play component, because I believe the next generation of teamwork, like the future of teamwork is a lot of leadership today is from me to you right? It's from the leader to the individual. The future is how do we give our people the tools to communicate together more effectively? If a leader is a hub and the signals we send out are the spokes, what's the tire look like? Like how do we reinforce the connection between the ends of those spokes? And that's a gap right now is that so much content is out there is focused on you leading other people we can help our teams, whether you call it auto leadership or self-leadership, there are things every one of us can do on any team or environment we're on to create a healthier environment, to cultivate more connection and a better you know, learning environment. Like that's the big irony, like teamwork, really great teamwork depends on the ability to learn and adults hate to learn in front of other people. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. So, it's there. Like, <laughs> so we actually have to learn how to support each other. And I think that's the big opportunity. So, yeah, I have a couple of keynotes I get. Thank you for asking. Sure. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure out how I can get you. I'm going to, we got to figure out how to get you in front of the, uh, all the educators in the state of Georgia, man. We got, uh, uh, so uh, I got some, <laughs> we're going to be talking about this. I got, I got a couple of groups that uh, we got to figure out how to get you there because this would be awesome, it, it, especially because. You know, one of the things that uh, I think that you deal with is that, you know, when you kind of sort of talked about this at the beginning, but adults get into this mindset of, uh, that's kid stuff. Even, oh, though, yeah. even though in their own basement, they may be playing <laughs> Mario Kart <laughs> and, and really suffering with the uh, monkey ball or whatever else they're doing, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, right. but they're, uh, or wiping out all the aliens in some game, you know, but uh They'll, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have time for that. And it's like, but 
for connecting teams, it, you got to make time because just the working, playing, playing together, laughing together, making mistakes together or in front of each other. Right. Yes. So you just nailed it. And that is, look, it's totally understandable. It is completely understandable, right? People want to be taken as serious and competent. And I don't mean in the serious, like dour. I mean, hey, I am a person that can make a difference. I am somebody that can make an impact. And that matters. And I, you know, we should all feel that way. But you just touched on it. In all the surveys we've done of all the teams that we've worked with when we do a culture kitchen, there's like five or six questions. And I, you know, is your work meaningful? Yes. You know, does it have purpose? Yes. Like we go through all these things that are important. And then I get to the magic question. What happens if you make a mistake? And it is always the same. Oh, career over. I'm done. I'm, well, if I handed you, if you've never played golf and all we do is talk about golf and I never let you club, you know, carry a club, what do you know about playing golf? And how good are you going to be? You got to practice. Yeah, that right. <laughs> and play creates the safe environment. That it, here's the weird thing. Jack Pansket found this. He was a, a researcher called the Rat Tickler. There's neurocircuitry in our heads for play. We are wired to play. There's a reason for it. It's the safe space to learn the edge of our ability. That's where we grow the most is when we get to the, where we don't know if we're going to succeed or not. We don't know if we can do this. We've got to go to that edge and play lets us go there in a safe way. And so one of the great strengths of the silly games is like, who's going to take Mario Kart seriously, right? Nothing about any of the games we're going to play should threaten your professional identity in any way, shape or form, but we can give you the tools to learn how to give each other the grace to make a mistake. And that carries over to the professional environment. Because recognition is about feeling seen and heard. And so when we play together as, you know, because you can only play as yourself, I can really see you, I can really hear you. And that we can carry over when we're all working on not making mistakes and being competent, capable people. Yeah, that's so powerful. Cause what you're talking about, is just like, you know, all right, I'm, I've played golf. I don't play a lot. And so normally when I'm going out, it's because somebody's invited me along. And so the good thing is, is that I'm in a scramble or something like this where there's like two others or three others who at least know what they're doing. <laughs> and I'm like around for uh, <laughs> comedic relief or something like that, right? But there's nothing better than when suddenly you actually snag one and it just bang. And, yeah. and these guys who are semi-professional go, dude, where'd you pull that one out of? That's awesome. We're using yours. And, you know, and what you're talking about makes me think about that. It's the same sort of thing. So if you're playing that video game and suddenly like in Smash Brothers, I mean, oh my gosh, man, I, I choose Donkey Kong, which I've discovered is probably not the best one because I don't get all the moves, but I have discovered that he can pound on the ground and make all the other players kind of <laughs> bounce around. And I'll have people say to me, would you stop that? <laughs> stop doing that. And it's like, well, until I figure out what else to do, I'm doing this. And, you know, anyway, it's, and, you know, but it's cool to have someone who, in, in this case, you know, it's, it's a 21 year old looking at me going, okay, you keep doing that. I'm going to go take him out. And he goes, bang, and knocks out the other guy that was coming at me. Yeah, so. Exactly. And it's the freedom of expectations, right? Nobody expects you to be good at this. No. So exactly. you don't have to worry about it. 
And that gives you the freedom to go learn. And once you get practice at separating and being intentional about this is a safe environment to learn, um, it gives you, you know, there's a lot of benefits that come from that because that's how we adapt. You become more resilient. You know, there's a, a, a great psychology term that's related to bonding, right? Because that's what we're talking about is when we have shared experiences together, um, there's more bonding that happens. And it reinforces the three R's in all of us. Relatedness, we learn how to relate to each other better. Um, regulation of emotion, that's a big one today, right? Um, and resiliency. And so there's benefits out of getting into these, you know, having experiences that enhance our connection to each other. You got that right. There's it, and it, and what's sad is when people won't let themselves fall into that because it's like it, they can fight it as much as they want. It's almost like it's almost like uh, someone who's trying not to smile at something that's funny because eventually, <laughs> you know, and and I think sometimes they make themselves. You, you start realizing maybe they don't belong in this team. Because they're not they're not really trying to become part of the team if they just keep fighting that and pushing back as you're trying to connect because you know everything that you're describing is uh, um, because it's all about you know as a team you have to be able to I, I seriously think you got to be able to laugh cry and uh, support each other and uh, and figure out how to come through whatever those whatever that moment is because once you're working like that you're going to find the person on your team who you, to use a sports analogy, you want to give the ball to at this point, because it's not always the same person, <laughs> you know, because right, somebody yes, does something sure. better than something else. So, God, you got my brain on fire, man. This is cool. <laughs> this is awesome stuff. So, so tell me what, uh, you know, what have you figured out now with connecting your own people? I mean, what, did, I mean, one of the things we talked about. Well, I mean, yeah, we went through, um, so one of the takeaways, if nothing else, like I would encourage everybody, especially if you have remote workers, um, when we got hit by COVID, we we went completely virtual and then we discovered, wow, we actually, this works for us. We like it. So we let our office go and we stayed virtual. And I convinced myself like, we're doing great until one of my best employees resigned. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? And it was something he said in his exit interview. He goes, yeah, none of this has anything to do with me. And I realized, all we were doing was task work. That was it, right? The Zoom fatigue, the whole, oh, why would I want to spend more time together online? And, you know, I'm big into like the psychology of why experiences work the way they do. That's what video games are. Designing a story in the second person. Like, so what was happening? And I realized if you only do task work, we never had chances to reinforce the bonds together. So we formed a fun committee. So number one, form a fun committee. Get a group of people together that are peers. I'm not on the fun committee. And two great things are going to come out of that. Number one, the people that are dying for social connection, they're going to want to be on the fun committee. They'll knock down your door to be a part of it. And so the people that most need connection are now going to have an extra channel of connection where that's all they get to talk about. And the second part is all the other people that need connection and don't know it are going to benefit as the fun committee starts coming up with ways to generate activities, events, things you can do that involve having fun together and connecting intentionally. Office space was engineered to create social interaction. The magic is often called unstructured conversation. So they're unplanned, unstructured, and we begin to share and exchange information about each other. So think of where is your break room? Think about like people hated open 
officers, except you could eavesdrop, you could hear what was happening, you could drop in. And so these unstructured, unplanned conversations could happen organically. We have to intentionally create those online. And so having a committee that cares about that and puts them on the calendar and has support from leadership creates a multiple level messages. One, it lets everybody know this is important. We care about your mental well-being and we care about your mental health, but also lets the committee that people care about connection knowing you're important and the work you're doing is important and we're going to make time for this. As we say, time is money. It's the one thing we can't get back. So committing time to get to know each other is, you know, it's an expression of one of our highest values of inclusion. We want to make sure people are included and feel like they're part of something. And look, we don't always play video games together. There's times where we do other activities um, that we're thinking of. The committee is very creative, but it, it costs nothing. Um, and it seems to mean almost everything. And I, I tell you, I had a very practical application for us. Um, our very gifted marketing manager was getting poached by a much bigger company. And he stayed. He stayed with us because of the culture. He stayed with us because of the team we built. He stayed because he's like, I can't imagine having this team and this environment and this impact anywhere else, right? And that was like, you know, that wasn't what we were expecting, uh, certainly what we were hoping for. I mean, we're always in favor of people growing in their careers and advancing and moving on. And life's a long time, right? You know, it's like, hey, let's make it the best we can while we're here. But having somebody articulate the reason for staying was the amount of connection we had created among the team really got my attention. Uh, and it felt like, okay, are we perfect? No, but man, what a difference that made. So what we've learned out of this is if nothing else, um, you know, I'll, we're working on a, a quick workbook. We'll have that available for you. It should be by the time this goes live. Uh, if you go to my website, scottnovis.com slash play, you'll be able to find all the resources and information for what I'm talking about. You know, like a uh, you know, fun committee toolkit. And if you're curious about our events, we do a thing called a fun in our, um, let's go to another webinar. So you can actually like sample what we're talking about. And, um, you know, if you want to talk to somebody and learn more about it and tell us about your team, we'd love to hear from you. Um, all those resources will be there. That's awesome. And I'll have it in my show notes. So it's easy for them to find. So that's, that's very cool. God, you got me fired up right now, man. I want to, I mean, it, my team needs to watch out because I'm going <laughs> to suddenly be like, what, what got uh -oh. into him, man? We, yeah, yeah. Um, that, good, this is good stuff. So I mean it in a good way, by the way. This is the, they're going to be oh, like. thank you. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. I, you know, we, we got to, you know, we got to, I got to get you to say just a couple of words here real quick as we're, we're wrapping up. Um, just, just give us some last words about what you want people just to remember about what you talked about tonight, Scott. Well, the, the thing that I actually, um, I, I, I really would rather, I'd like to leave your audience with this one thought. And it's, you're a good teacher because you really care about helping people achieve their potential. You're a good teacher because you put the energy and time into understanding what is going to craft and help people grow. You're a good teacher because you care. You're a good teacher. I love this. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Scott, I got, I got two questions I want to ask you before we go. I like to ask my guests. And the first one sure. is, is this. 
How do you keep going when so much is going on, you might be feeling overwhelmed that you may want to quit? How do you keep going? I go back to my why. Um, it's the starfish story. Um, I believe there is suffering caused by isolation in the world, and I think I can do something about it. And so I strive to do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And, you know, having that impact on just one person, um, it's enough. You know, it, it makes it meaningful. Excellent. Excellent. The last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's passed on, but I would still say thank you. Um, because in, in my beliefs, he's still out there and can hear it. Uh, it was Mr. Lubke, high school calculus. Um, and it wasn't the math and it wasn't the content. It was that he cared, but he was able to help me see what he saw in me, who I could be. And when you help people believe in themselves, uh, it's just one of the greatest gifts you can give anybody. Oh, you're so right. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing so much. I, I, Scott, this has been amazing. I, I, what you're doing in, you know, in so many levels to help uh, organizations connect, grow, you know, feel like there's something going on that's, that's more than just the work, which is, you know, that's, I think that's where we, we stumble so many times in organizations is that uh, they may do a good job in what they do for work, but they don't feel like they belong because nobody, who, do you know what color I like? You know, whatever, you know, what, what, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, and you got it going, man. This is awesome. I, you know, uh, Bravest is an incredible organization. I love what you're doing to help bring people together. So uh, keep up what you're doing and all the, wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Stephen. And thank you. And thank your audience. It's been a, a great time and we'd love to help you in any way that we can going forward. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.